Hello, hello, and welcome to another exciting edition of Podcast Dark Elevation, the only wrestling podcast that views the world of wrestling specifically through the lens of the often forgotten AEW YouTube wrestling shows. I am your host, Dirk Elevation. We've got another one. They just keep coming every week. Every week we have more and more wrestling to watch. The wrestling does not stop. And I think we can all be grateful for that with so little to be sure of in this absolutely monstrous world that we are living in that the wrestling must flow. It continues to come. We start off this journey with Dark Elevation from Monday Night 5. Uh, originally uh, originally recorded on 5-4 in Baltimore, Maryland, airing on 5-9 on Monday. We have elevation number 62. It opens up with an eight-man tag match. The Dark Order, Alan Angels, Alex Reynolds, Evil Uno, and Ten versus or defeating... Brandon Scott, Josh Fuller, Ryan Mooney, and the mononymously named Diego, which happened. I I guess I don't I don't have a ton to say about this one. I tried to watch these on Monday and I wasn't that into it, so I ended up watching more of it last night. Everything, I I I I you know. I don't have to tell you. I don't have to give excuses of when I watch these things. I have about 48 hours to do so before I can record, and I do it when I can. But needless to say, it's been about 36 of those hours since I've watched this match, and I literally have nothing left to say about the Dark Order. I don't know, and I'm going to have to say like five or six things. because They just keep appearing. They are the stalwarts of Dark. I love them. I think they always do. Some great stuff. They're down a member now. I uh, Two members, if you count Colt Cabana. We finally saw Anna Jay coming back out with them. So she's still keeping her affiliation, if, if not in any sort of actual storyline that does anything. But the Dark Order, they won in four minutes and 27 seconds. Good for them. We have Abaddon defeating Emi Sakura in 4 minutes and 29 seconds. Abaddon continues to mow down the competition. She's a zombie creature, some sort of living dead girl, and she always uh, she always gets the crowd excited. Everybody likes to see Abaddon. Everybody wants to see Abaddon go somewhere. Uh, Emi Sakura has leaned into this role of just being a veteran who's there. I would like I would like them to give Emi Sakura like a QT Marshall type of stable. If she's if we're just leaning into the fact that this is who she is now, then make her a a sort of Joshi QT. But other than that, I don't have anything to complain about that this match. I think Emi helped Abaddon look good. Abaddon Again, we're going to see her again, and the crowd likes her, and she doesn't lose. And there's no, <laughs> there's no, seemingly no plan about what, where you go with that. 
there's got to be some, there's got to, there's got to be something you can do with that. It, I don't, I guess it doesn't help that Abaddon is pretty much a face because you can only do the spooky, scary stuff, but also as the good guy doesn't necessarily have a lot of places to go, but we love Abaddon, don't we folks? We, so crowd hot for Abaddon, crowd even hotter for Sonny Kiss, defeating Pe- Peter Avalon in four minutes and 12 seconds. Everybody loves Sonny. Uh, it doesn't say it here, but he was he was escorted by uh, the Hollywood hunk, Ryan Nemeth, Peter Avalon was. They got into a little bit of a, they tried to pull some shenanigans and Sonny wasn't having it. Sonny, so Sonny made sure that they lost. Give me more things for Sonny Kiss to do. Sonny Kiss was hanging out with the baddies recently. Maybe Sonny Kiss could be a baddie. I think I think that would be a lot of fun. I think people would would really go for Sonny Kiss as, as a member of the baddies. Uh, and I don't know where that would stand on their alignment because I think people do like Sonny Kiss. And I think people are maybe not sure what to think of the baddies. I think. Which could be a good thing. I don't. I'm not saying that. I. I don't think. I don't think that tweener is necessarily bad. I think that there are a lot of characters where it makes sense because they have other motivations to be a tweener. I think Abaddon is maybe an example of that because she she's motivated by some sort of haunted amulet. I'm guessing. I don't know, but. Abaddon has other motivations that allow her to work as a sort of a tweener, sometimes good, sometimes bad. Uh, I I think that, the, like, to me, the example of this that I always think about is uh, Elias in WWE, who was a heel because he was rude and he didn't care about the audience and all he really cared about was his music career. And then people got really into him and his music career, and they turned him face. And then all of a sudden, he's doing face type of stuff, which doesn't seem necessary because his motivations have not changed. Just the audience's reaction to his motivations have changed. So it's he should you should still be doing the same stuff that you did before. It, it's just he the crowd is going to cheer for it because it, because he sits on that tweener line he's also not motivated to do bad the way that most heels are he, he like so people like that like music somebody who has like a music career or something like that would be an example of like tweener that i think is that is good tweener because it is it's still uh storytelling that's told very well people who are supernatural characters can also fit into this realm uh monsters like very like very big guys who are just there to crush the competition then if you, if they're crushing heels then they're good and if they're crushing faces then they're bad that's another type of i think good tweener uh sort uh sort of alignment to to have so i think that the baddies are the same way and i think they they are somebody that they are a group of very, I, it's hard to talk about it without it sort of becoming a, a racialized thing because they are very a, a stable, very confident black women, and different people have different feelings about how confident they want a group of black women to be, 
and whether or not that is something that they should cheer for. And I think those people are assholes. But if they are just confident and they are just all about themselves and they are all about making making a name for themselves, then I think that can transcend heel and face. I think that that can be it, – it, it can have like this. It can have a real sports energy where there are certain certain athletes that everybody. It's basketball time, so we're talking about basketball a lot. Players like Marcus Smart or Bobby Portis are players that you love if they are on your team, and you hate if they are on the other team. And there are wrestlers who I think can fall into that category. Like the baddies, where if they're fighting for your team, you are going to cheer them a lot. And if they're fighting against you, you can cheer them. You're going to root against them, depending on who they're facing. That, that to me, is good tweener stuff. The point is that Sunny Kiss could join that group. Uh, or Sunny Kiss could find his own place. Maybe, maybe there's somewhere down the line we can see Sunny Kiss fight for the TNT title. I I think that I think that my point is I would like to see Sunny Kiss on the damn television on the Turner Networks and not just next month for Pride Month because we because Lord knows if we see Sunny Kiss on TV you know for only one time in the next six months it will be during June and that does a disservice to how good Sunny Kiss is. Uh, and we we love her, don't we, folks? Go, go Sunny Kiss. Sunny Kiss, what, if, if we had to rank the people who this podcast cheers on the most and wants to see more of on TV, Sunny Kiss is definitely on. For people who compete on the men's side of things, I would say Sunny Kiss is probably number one. It, maybe Maybe we get a little bit more into there should be more Abaddon or there should be more Diamante just because of the way the women's division booked. But Sunny Kiss, we love them, don't we? John Silver defeats Tony Deppin in two minutes and 34 seconds. I cannot correctly read this one. I am a big Tony Deppin fan. He is a, a regular or was a regular at Beyond Wrestling. I know that he spent some time in Ring of, Ring of Honor. And hopefully he will be returning to Ring of Honor. I think he sells very well. I think he's gross and weird. And and I think that he made John Silver look really good when John Silver kicked his ass. And so hopefully we see more Tony Depp and hopefully we're doing something with John Silver. I don't I don't know why you have John Silver facing CM Punk unless you're trying to get a big moment out of John Silver. In Long Island nonetheless. So you're you are really really pushing hard for a crowd to boo CM Punk, which they did last time he was there, to be honest. But that was with MJF, and John Silver is certainly more likable than MJF. But but that was also in service of a of a larger feud. So hopefully, what we're going to see with John Silver is going to be in service of something larger that we can all be very excited about. Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland defeat the factory. Nick Comoroto and QT Marshall. So they they put QT in this one. This would have been worse if they had put if they had put Aaron Solo in there, but they made it seem a little serious. QT and and Nick are are one and one on the year, so it's not a complete 
it's not a complete job fest the way that uh Camarado and Solo would have been. And this is fine. I I like Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland together in big situations as a tag team. I think that's a lot of fun. I think I think on Dark I prefer them separate. But I think that I think that they do work together. I I like them working together in service of a purpose, like they did to defeat Team Taz or lose to Team Taz actually, but to to challenge Team Taz. I think that that's a that that's an interesting way to use them as a tag team, as as they they've got each other's backs more than they are a a real tag team, but. This is fine. I think that they do work together well, even if I would rather just have seen Keith Lee throw QT Marshall around or something like that. But hey, it's something. And and we have to pour one out for the two matches that got lost because of technical problems at the Baltimore Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena. We lost Nyla Rose defeating Sky Blue. I'm sure that I'm sure that Nyla looks great in that, and and Sky Blue is a is somebody that they've put some effort into, so it was probably compelling. But really, losing Max Caster defeating Cheeseburger is a real a real shame because the people demand more Cheeseburger, and Max Caster probably gave some kind of rap where he made some kind of joke about ooh what would jo- what would he ma- what jokes would he make about Baltimore I assume I assume he made some sort of joke about about the wire about maybe Lamar Jackson maybe the Orioles being stinky uh Probably something about Old Bay, some something about cook you so bad you're gonna need Old Bay. I listen. I don't do what Mark Max Caster does. I I appreciate him very much. I hope he did not make any Supreme Court jokes. I would not put it past him, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, that was that was the the big news story last week. So if he was going to go current eventy, eesh. I hope he didn't do it, but <laughs> he just immediately, as soon as he did it, somebody yanked a plug so that it would never make it to air. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Max, problematic fave, but we do want to see more Max Caster, and we get upset when we miss it because of technical difficulties. Jay Lethal with Satnam Singh and Sonjay Dutt defeat Jake something in four minutes and 30 seconds. I have... Seen Jake something a few times. I enjoy Jake something. I think he has a very strange. The way that I best understand his gimmick is that he has amnesia and he's just like fighting to hope in hopes that if he becomes a well known fighter, he'll be able to figure out who he is. That's crazy, like in a good way, but also I think. It, it's never going to pay off 
in what it, I I can't imagine that there's any good way that it would ever pay off. And also, if he's on TV, like you'd think, like that's that would be him making. So I'm, my point being is that maybe it's time for him to get a new gimmick, or maybe him he'll just drop that and continue to go by Jake something for no reason. I I think it's a cool indie gimmick though, and I think he's got a great look, and I think he's a good wrestler. And Jay Lethal was also there, and Satnam Singh was there as well. Who I get I guess it works for where it is right now. I don't. I will. Will we see him in the ring anytime soon? I don't know. Will Samoa Joe hopefully crush him? Like that. That the the thing that sucked about Saddam Singh was that he he got crushed. Like like this was a very cool moment of Samoa Joe, and then you had him get crushed by this guy. We really, really, it's nothing against Saddam Singh. It's just that it's just what they did to our boy Joe, Joe, Joe. So Saddam Singh, good luck, buddy. We didn't know if Hook was going to be good. Hook was just sort of in the background doing very little for a long time. And Hook is a star now. So let's not give up on Satnam Singh yet, even if it's not our favorite storyline going on right now. Alex Reynolds defeats Jake Manning, the man scout, classic character of of Dark. Like Jake Manning, I know he works for AEW doing something related to merchandising, maybe. That's a nice that's a nice little niche for him. He's got a job in the industry he wants to do. He gets to do the, the fun part of the industry sometimes, and everyone remembers him because he's got a fun gimmick. He was reading a book. He got hit real hard by Alex Reynolds, who made the book go flying up in the air and then pinned him and then was reading the book while he pinned him. Alex Reynolds... Could be a very good heel. I think another reason. I mean, I've named so many reasons why I need Dark Order to to move on. I possibly brought this one up already, but Alex Reynolds, I think, showed how good of a heel he can be here. And he even looked in it. He even looked in the book and just was like, "Never mind, I can't read." Which is a funny bit. That's a good joke. The Gun Club with Billy Gunn defeated Warren J and Zachzilla. Fly Def. And yep. <laughs> uh, that noise is the noise of me having very little thoughts about this. I think people are telling me that the Gun Club are actually good. And it's possible that I'm not very good at analyzing wrestling. So sometimes I just get ideas stuck in my head and then I'm like, okay, that is what it is. So I don't, I don't feel very strongly about the gun club. Uh, the Ash Boys, their alter ego is certainly more interesting, but the difference is fairly marginal and they don't like being the Ash Boys. So, so that's, I don't I have, I have very little to say about Warren J and Zach Zilla. Good for you guys. I hope you're having fun. I, I I keep saying I hope people are having fun, which is extremely condescending. I don't I I really I really wish more than AEW AEW can 
can burn to the ground if it if we still have some established way to integrate independent talent with television prominence the way that AEW is doing it on this level on a major cable network you're you're going to you're going to get the ability to start out as an as an enhancement talent and work your way up to being on a major TV channel that's what's most important here so guys like Flydef I maybe I didn't see anything this time but maybe there's something there and maybe with enough time on dark I will come to really appreciate them more than I appreciate the gun club who again I I am probably lower on than I should be and then they'll all be the biggest stars they'll they'll sell ice cream bars and everything with Warren J and Zach Zilla's name on it why am I I'm this is such a mean bad episode I'm I I I really am trying to be genuine here and it's coming off as very cynical and sarcastic. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to Sean Dean defeating Serpentico with Luther in 7 minutes and 30 seconds. This was kind of fun. They gave them 7:30, which is much longer than almost every other match other than other than the main event. Nothing no, uh, I I guess I guess there were two Two later matches that that beat this, but it was but 7:30 was a, a nice amount of time. Serpentico and, and Sean Dean both got to do some fun stuff. I I think Sean Dean's pretty cool. I again I wish he wouldn't lean, lean into the troop shit so much. I think that the captain should be much more of a of a laid back sort of way of he he should. Be the captain because he's authoritative, because he he commands a presence. He shouldn't be doing salutes and shit. I hate that. That's bad. But there's something there. If if you say that like this, you know, ex-military guy has a has just sort of become a locker room leader, and and he's he's in and out every every week. He's the first one in, last one out. Like just. Give me something like that that makes him the captain. Not that he was literally in in the Navy or whatever. Sean, uh, we just said Sean Dean. Good for you, Sean Dean. And, and the thing you do where you beat MJF is very funny. I think I think there's a lot there. So I, I, yeah, you're you're doing well. Brock Anderson with Lee Johnson. Uh, and Lee Johnson with Arn Anderson defeated the Brick City Boys, Julio Cruz and Victor Chase in 3:30. I don't, yeah, not not a lot here either. I I also I said that I like Brock Lee more than I liked either of them on their own, and I think that there's probably a lot that can be done with them. Maybe they need to be part of something bigger. There's there's got to be some kind of like faction or something that they can join. Maybe they can be part of the pinnacle. I don't I don't know, but 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 get, they they beat the Brick City Boys. I wonder if the Brick City Boys are from Newark. Uh, I'm just thinking about that now. Newark is Newark, New Jersey is sometimes called Brick City, and if they are from if they are from Newark, then I like them. And if not, I don't remember anything about them. If we're being totally honest here. Abaddon's back. Abaddon returns and defeats Vicky Dreamboat 
Whoa, what a good name. Ah, I I love a good name on Dino, on Dark. It how I'm gonna always remember Vicky Dream, but also a good look, I think. She makes very good facial expressions. She 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 is a very emotive face. Uh, I liked her gear. I I liked her hair. I think I think if I saw Vicky Dreamboat was going to be at WWR or some other local promotion doing some kind of I I would like to see more Vicky Dreamboat. I think that would be fun for me. So good job, Abaddon. Good job. I, I and I think Vicky Dreamboat is kind of kind of has like a uh, a, a sort of a she she looks like like she's got a little trip on her shoulder and wants to fight uh, hard and it, and I don't know if Abaddon is the best opponent for her. I would like to see Vicky Dreamboat again against. Um, I'm trying to think who who might be in, an interesting. I mean, we always say Diamante, so let's let's say Diamante. Let's let's give me Vicky Dreamboat against Diamante and see. She'll she'll lose again, obviously, but at least she'll. She'll, the intensity will be matched in the same way, as opposed to, not that Abaddon is not intense, but it's a very different type of intense that works better scaring the opponent sometimes, more than getting matched in sort of, you know, a game face. Vicky Dreamboat, just wanted to say it one more time, it's a fun name. Jora Joel with Angelico defeats Trip Jordy. Trip Jordy, not as good of a name as Vicky Dreamboat, let's be honest. Jora Joel, I've always liked. Again, another Beyond guy. I I always liked him. I've made my point clear on this show that what are they doing with him? He doesn't seem like he's part of the AFO. He made a point about that in a promo that was uh, partially in. I don't I don't know what language it was partially. In. It could have been in could have been in Punjabi. Uh, he did used to go by the Punjabi Lion, so it, or it could have been Hindi. There are 24 languages in India. I'm not going to be here pretending like I know what region and what language Dora Joel speaks, but he, he sort of did a, a bilingual promo. Interesting just that they're trying to move into an Indian market, which was the whole thing that people said was the reason that the Satnam Singh thing happened. I wonder where that puts Dora Joel in terms of do they care – I mean, I think that I think that I'm biased, but I'm more interested in George Joel than I am in Satnam Singh. So are they are they going to still use him to try to bridge into that market, or or is Satnam Singh going to be the full time guy? Or I mean, I also don't think that that's something that we should expect there to just be a single Desi wrestler. We're going to see another. We're going to see a Desi Hit Squad member later in this later in this dark. So. Approaching it with, from multiple angles is probably a good idea, but I think that George Joel is sort of a natural face. So if he does turn on the AFO, I think that would be that would be pretty cool. I would I would like to see George Joel face Andrade, and Andrade needs to win. He he should always be winning because he's he's a bigger star. But I think that that could help elevate George Joel if 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 that if that's what happens. Kira Hogan with Red Velvet defeats Sky Blue in four minutes. This was fun. This was this is two wrestlers getting in some work. I 
I like the baddies, as I said before. I think Red Velvet did a real nice job in this one. She she helped get the sneaky win. I think Sky Blue is fine. I think Kira Kira Hogan is the is. I think I I think Kira Hogan might be better than Red Velvet. I don't know if AEW feels that way. I don't think that you necessarily have to tear them at this moment, but you you do want somebody to have to run through them to get to Jade. I think that would be the thing to do right now. And I think that the person who should who should be first, the first one you face should be Red Velvet, then you face Kira Hogan, then you face Jade, but I think they'll probably do it the other way around. Also interesting to note that Sky Blue and Kira Hogan met up in that that three-on-three match two weeks ago, uh, as well as Velvet, who faced Willow the week before. So the only two people from that that three uh, three-on-three that have not had any real interaction before or after that match is Trisha Dora and Jade Cargill. To which I say, book it. Let's have let's have Trisha Dora challenge for the for to face Jade. Let let's have let's have Trisha Dora be the one who tries to run through Kira Hogan and and Red Velvet. Let's do it. I want to see it. Or or have her build your Ring of Honor women's division. You can also do that because Trisha Dora is very good. Uh, oh, speaking of Red Velvet, do, do I should I predict what I think that's going to happen in the Owen now? I think that we so I think that the women's side is easier to predict than the men's side, if only because the Joker. I wouldn't say the Joker is easier to figure out in the women's side. It could be anybody, but it seems less likely because the Joker is facing DMD. Is facing Britt Baker. I think it's fair to say the Joker will not win. So I think that you, based on that, it makes it easier. Whereas if if they bring in somebody big to be the Joker on the men's side, Samoa Joe theoretically could lose. He's in a bunch of feuds right now. There could be some shenanigans. So taking that on face value, I think that I think that what we'll have in the finals will be. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, against either Sheeta or R- Ruby. I think, yeah, because I, I think that, I think that, I think that Britt beating Tony, which I think is go- what's going to happen, I think that that is a better move to set up more long-time, long-term storylines. And I think that Britt and Sheeta in, in the finals, I think, I, I don't think I don't think that Brit necessarily needs any more accolades. I think that Sheeta, who knows when the next time Sheeta is going to be, is going to have a chance to uh, challenge for the women's championship. So maybe maybe you give that. I, I mean, she could do it at any time though. She's so good. But maybe you give her this so that she can have something. Ruby Soho has also had a lot of near misses. You had you had Ruby so you had Ruby lose win the casino battle royal and then lose going for the championship. She came in second in the in the TBS tournament championship. So Ruby's keeps trying so hard and getting so far and in the end it doesn't really matter. So maybe 
if you don't have a plan, I, 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 I think that might be a good thing to do with Ruby is to, is to give her, give her this, let her have this. The crowd loves her. She doesn't show up on TV for weeks and the crowd is still going crazy for, for her. So I would, I would say you could, you could give this to Ruby. She also has the like first woman to 50 wins award, which is not going to be as prestigious as the, as the, the Owen, but I can see. So, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to I'm going to lock it in. I'm going to lock in Ruby over DMD is my final for the women's side of things. And for the men, I I'm going to say um Oh jeez. I don't I don't know who who it's going to be on the men's side. Maybe 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 you give this to Adam Cole and then take him out of the pick the title scene for a while. But but also winning this also probably we're we're not clear about whether we're, we're winning this is an award in its own or if it's if it's a gateway to a title shot. But let's if we're assuming that it is, then maybe the winner is going to be the Joker. I'm, all right, you know what? I'm picking the Joker over Adam Cole as the as the men men side. Oh boy, DMD and Adam Cole both getting to the finals and both losing. That'll be that'll be something storyline wise. That'll be fun. The factory with uh, that's Aaron Solo and Nick Camarado with Blake Lee, but Brick Aldridge and QT Marshall. Ooh, I don't I don't want to say that these are these are NXT level names, but they're not much higher. They defeat DKC and Kevin Knight, who are apparently part of the NJPW LA Dojo. I was a little confused when they had their own music when they came out. But they came out and they they won uh, or they lost. I see I can't even There were two there were 11 matches on this on this one and I know that they probably added more. I think based on what the main event was, they probably added more because they knew that Monday's Dark was shorter, so they added, threw a couple extra episodes from me taping over to 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 even it out. This was whatever good good for getting DKC and Kevin Knight some time to show. I didn't. I thought it was they didn't do the they didn't do them right by putting them in the in the heel corner. Nobody cares if Solo and Comoroto are making a hot tag. It, I I know if 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 it's if it's known people against jobbers, then you put the heels in the face corner for the tag. But in this case, you're trying to tell me that these people do matter. I you gave them an entrance, so they should be in the face corner. But they didn't do that, so I didn't I didn't really care. They they they, they that was too much of a telegraph for me to care. Rohit Raju defeats Adam Priest. Rohit Raju, I don't know what they're playing. I don't, I, I guess that he's, I would guess that Rohit Raju is, is probably going to be part of the growing ROH brand. I, I can't say that for certainty. I, I do feel like the, the other Desi members of, of Satnam Singh and Sanjay Dutt are definitely going to be ROH. So maybe that would be, 
wrong to assume that, and and that would kind of suck if 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 it just ROH is just all. Or maybe that would be very cool. Maybe there's a a big international audience that would get really behind a ton of a ton of Desi wrestlers being on ROH. Maybe I mean right now we don't know what the what the delineation between ROH and AEW is going to be. Maybe ROH becomes something that is explicitly for international consumption, where they get those that streaming deal with HBO Max or what have you, who can then deliver ROH to all different countries, and then that that becomes the. I don't. I don't. I can't say for certain, but. Rohit Raju, Adam Priest did not last very long. Three minutes among the shorter ones of this. Of this, Only Abaddon won in the quicker time. And Rohit Raju was very good. His mama called him son because he's so bright, I believe, is, is what, what he had the announcer say about him. Rohit Raju, you can't, you're not quite as good as Abaddon. Nobody is. So you won in three minutes rather than two. And that's what it is. And then we conclude with the Dark Order defeating Cesar Bononi and Tiger Huas, who beat up the Dark Order earlier in the night, which leads me to believe that that's like a thing that they would usually tease that till the next episode. That's that's a very WWE thing to have somebody get beat up at the beginning of the show and make that the main event. So I would I would believe it that those were matches that got teased over because they need they felt like they needed more on dark because dark elevation was short and yeah evil Uno and ten the big tall guys with the masks is a pretty good combination it's the binary dark order right now that now that there's no number two in in Stu Grayson. They have to go by a uh, the binary where it's evil Uno and evil N ten, so you get one in ten. This, all right, this is a binary joke. That's 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 all that there is. That's all. That's all. Caesar Caesar Bononi and Tiger Huas. Interesting use of them. They they didn't look bad. They look good. I, I would. I think it's interesting that Tiger Huas has done one. Indie gig. He did a blood sport last last fall, and other than that, all of the matches he's done since getting released last September from from WWE have all been AEW matches. Get this man some indie experience. I know he's forty years old, but he's not going to get enough. If you want to do something with him, if you want to use him to make interesting, fun matches. He's going to get better experience by doing more indies. I guess you can't make a guy do indies. But I, I, I would be, and I would be, of course, very excited to see. If I, if I saw that an upcoming show by me was going to have Tiger Hulas on it, I would be like, oh, sick. That's cool. So, but they lost in eight minutes and 30 seconds. So, a, 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 a reasonably meaty, main event for Bononi and Ruas to be a part of. So good for them. Good for that match. I, I, I enjoyed it. I would like to see more Bononi and Ruas again. Maybe, maybe they'll go down to this, this international ring of honor plan that I just came up with where, where, where it's, it's, it f- focuses on getting as much appeal to the largest audience, which is the world. Never forget that. 
The biggest audience you can play to on this planet is the whole damn world. And sometimes you want the world, and sometimes you just want a small. You probably shouldn't play to the whole world. Because, as Kurt Vonnegut said, if you write a story for everybody, it's going to die of pneumonia. The draft will be too, it'll be, that window will be open too much and it'll create a draft. And as Kurt Vonnegut also said, if this isn't nice, I don't know what is. So I hope you appreciated listening to me talking about wrestling as much as I appreciated watching wrestling and then talking about it. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, which is any time I feel like putting this up, and same bat channel, unless I figure out how to put this podcast on more channels, which would be good. But thank you for listening. Goodbye.